0: Hi everyone i hope you're all doing so well and welcome back to the criminal makeup podcast each episode we dive into the minds of some of the worst criminals in history and today we're going to be talking about the case of phil Spector. so for today's case we're actually heading to hollywood yes that is right hollywood the land of the rich and famous so phil spector have you heard of him probably not but he's actually a huge Music producer, and I mean huge. At the time Phil Spector was working, mainly back in the 60s and 70s, he was one of the biggest music producers in the industry. He was working with the likes of The Beatles and Tina Turner and so many more. So, in the music industry, Phil Spector is pretty well known. However, as well as being extremely talented, Phil Spector was also a very erratic and a bit of a crazy character. Unless Later on in life, he became even more well-known for all of the wrong reasons. So we're doing a celebrity case today, which is actually our first celebrity case. And as usual, because Phil was a celebrity, he was very rich and he was very powerful. He thought that he could do whatever he wanted and get away with it. But thankfully, it turns out that in the end, he couldn't. And that is what we're going to get into today. So let's just jump right in. So Phil Spector was born on the 26th of December 1939 making him a Capricorn and this is our first Capricorn case. And Phil Spector was actually born Harvey Philip Spector but he absolutely hated his first name so he went by his middle name and then he did later on in life legally change his name to Phil instead of Harvey. So we're going to call him Phil, but at this point in time he is called Harvey, but we're just going to call him Phil. Otherwise it's going to get really confusing. So he grew up in the Bronx, New York, and his parents were Benjamin and Bertha Spector. They did immigrate to the U.S. from Ukraine just before Phil was born. His dad worked as an iron worker and his mother was a seamstress. Now Phil's dad, Benjamin, was known to suffer on and off with depression for a lot of his life. And tragically, when Phil was only nine years old. His dad did take his own life, which of course was an extremely traumatic experience for Phil and obviously had an effect on him. And following this, Phil's mom decided that they should move from the Bronx to LA for a fresh start. And this is when they settled into the Fairfax district of LA. And this is where Phil did attend middle school. It was around this time when Phil did move to LA that he started to become interested in music. And he He was just very gifted from a very young age. He was the kind of child that could just pick up an instrument and play it. He was just very talented and he started to learn how to play a variety of instruments, including the accordion and the French horn. And then for his 13th birthday, his mom did buy him a guitar, which is probably what he was best at. Like that was the instrument that he took to the best, but he was just extremely talented from a very young age and he was very musical. When Phil attended the Fairfax High School, this is where his passion for music really started to develop. He basically practiced non-stop and he was entering loads of talent shows, you know like school talent shows like he was always entering those he also started a band when he was in school and the band was called the teddy bears and in the band that he formed the teddy bears phil did play guitar in this band and after they graduated fairfax high school the teddy bears the band actually started to get some attention from record labels and they did end up getting signed to a record deal and they were pretty much an instant hit their first single went in at number one on the billboard 100, whatever, 100, whatever it's called. And it stayed at number one for three weeks. And the single was also a global hit. It actually reached number two here in the UK. And altogether, the single sold over a million copies. So yeah, they were an instant hit. They had success pretty much overnight. They were very lucky. However, things just pretty much fell off a cliff after their first record. They did sign with a different label, tried to get like a fresh start, tried to like change things up a little bit. They did release a bunch of new songs, but each one kept doing worse than the previous one. They just couldn't seem to repeat the success of their first single. And after about a year of doing this, trying to kind of get their success back, releasing a bunch of songs, The band decided to split up and go their separate ways. And that was the end of the teddy bears. And at this point, Phil Spector was out of a job. And it turns out to make money, he went on to become a court stenographer, which if you didn't know, is that person that sits there and like doesn't look down and types everything that goes on in court. And I just think it's really ironic that this is what Phil Spector did to earn money, considering what he went on to do later in life. And this is what he did for a little while. He didn't do it for too long because this is not really what he wanted to do, but he did it to pay the bills. But Phil really wanted to get back into the music industry somehow. And he did have to figure out like, what am I gonna do? Like, how am I gonna get back into the music industry? Because that was what he was passionate about. But Phil Spector did have a little problem because he had crippling stage fright. Like even though he had a lot of experience being on stage, it still absolutely terrified him. It just wasn't for him. He just didn't like it and he couldn't do it. So Phil was like, maybe being in the music industry but staying off the stage is what is going to work for me. And this is when Phil started to work as a music producer. And it turns out that he was pretty good at this as well. It was probably one of the best decisions that Phil ever made to become a music producer because he became one of the biggest music producers in the industry. And he was massively successful. Throughout his career, Phil went on to work with acts such as The Beatles, Tina Turner, The Ronettes, The Ramones. And Phil became so famous as a music producer because he did have a signature sound. And this was known as the wall of sound, and I've looked into it I'm not very good when it comes to music so it makes sense to me but I am not going to try and explain what the wall of sound is because I'm just going to end up sounding really stupid. But all you need to know is that he had a signature style, he had a signature sound and it was called the wall of sound. And a lot of the songs that Phil worked on ended up becoming very successful. Phil had so many hits with the artists that he was working with and I wouldn't say it was like a guarantee if you worked with Phil Spector you would get a hit but it It kind of was in a way because people would seek out working with Phil Spector. He was a producer that everyone wanted to work with because of his signature sound, like everyone wanted that, but also because he had a success rate. Everyone wanted the success. Everyone wanted the hits. And when I was like doing my research on this, it kind of just sounded like Pharrell. Like, I don't know. Like, obviously Pharrell is a lot bigger than Phil Spector. But I feel like Pharrell is a very successful music producer. He kind of has his signature style as well, like his sound. Like, I feel like I can normally tell if Pharrell has worked on a song. And Pharrell has so many hits. It's actually ridiculous. And he has worked with so many people. Go and look up Pharrell and like who he's worked with and the hits that he's worked on. It's actually ridiculous. And Pharrell, again, like, Phil Spector is a producer that a lot of people want to work with. So Pharrell is obviously a lot bigger but it kind of just reminded me of Pharrell in that sense. And I just want to point out how young Phil Spector is when all of this is going on. He's only in his early 20s when he is this hugely successful music producer. And of course with success a lot of money started to roll in as well. Even though Phil was a millionaire at this point, and his career was really taking off as a music producer, he was super successful. Things weren't going so great for him in his personal life. Phil never developed any meaningful relationships with anyone. The only relationships he ever had with people were the people that he worked with. So it was just a working relationship. I don't really think he had any friends. I think he classed people as friends, but they weren't really his friends. They were just like work acquaintances. And I don't really know much about Phil's relationship with his family either. I don't even know how much family he had, or if he even stayed in contact with them, which I assume that he didn't, because I didn't see anything. And in normal circumstances, you would feel sorry for somebody like this, that just doesn't have any meaningful relationships in their life, that doesn't have anybody. However, Phil probably got in his own way a little bit when it came to relationships because Phil had a very common problem in these videos because he had a massive ego. I mean, pretty much Phil thought that he was the shit. So normally music producers do take a little bit of the back seat when it comes to music and they let the artist take the spotlight. I mean, most of the time, I don't know if this is just me, could be a lot of people, but I feel like most of the time we don't even know who the music producers are of certain songs or albums or whatever. You have to actually go and seek that information out yourself. But when Phil Spector came along, he was like, uh, no, not having this. I want to be in the spotlight. I want everyone to look at me. I want everyone to know that this is my song. He wanted his name first on the credits of the song. And I'm not saying that music producers shouldn't get credit, but Phil Spector went about it in the complete wrong way. He's so egotistical, narcissistic, and it made him very difficult to work with. He was very dominating, very eccentric, but unfortunately he was very talented and people kind of put up with this behavior because of how talented he was and because of the music he produced. He was an absolute terrible person to work with, so can you really blame people for not wanting to be your friend, Phil? Phil's erraticness kind of reflected the way his life was as well. He would kind of flip-flop all over the place he would either be producing loads of music, working with a lot of people, or he would go through long periods of isolation and he would just almost become a recluse in his home. Even though I just said that Phil didn't actually make any meaningful relationships, he did get married but that still doesn't mean that he made any meaningful relationships because this marriage wasn't the best marriage. It didn't last for very long. Pretty much as soon as Phil was married, he started to have an affair with Ronnie Bennett, who is Ronnie from the Ronettes. And eventually it wasn't long, but Phil's first marriage did break up and he actually gets married to Ronnie from the Ronnets. And just like the first marriage, um, I don't know any details about the first marriage. I didn't really feel like it was that important to the story because it didn't actually last for very long, but his marriage to Ronnie, it wasn't a good one. He treated her terribly. That's, (laughs) That's an understatement. And I can imagine he probably didn't treat his first wife very well either. Ronnie went through years of abuse at the hands of Phil. So Phil first met Ronnie in 1963 when he signed the girl group The Ronettes. In the early days of The Ronettes they were struggling to find success but once they signed with Phil Spector they pretty much became an instant hit. Phil Spector produced the song Be My Baby which obviously iconic song. Huge song, it's so weird to me because I used to love that song when I was little. I used to dance around to that song. And they were huge, especially here in the UK. I'm sure they were huge around the world, but I know that they were huge here in the UK because in 1965, they were voted the third biggest group in the UK only behind the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. So uh, yeah, that's saying something. The Ronettes were huge, iconic. However, the group did break up in 1967. And then it was in 1968 that Ronnie married Phil. And this is when Ronnie's life did take a turn for the worse. So like I said, Ronnie was treated terribly by Phil and she later did write a book about her marriage to Phil called Be My Baby, where she did detail some of the things that went on. She said that Phil used to manipulate her and control her and not only that, he also ruined her career. Uh, which is just so weird, isn't it? Because he signed the Ronettes and he actually did have a helping hand in making them a success. But once he was married to Ronnie, he didn't allow her to perform. And then he basically turned their home into a prison for Ronnie. And I literally mean a prison. I'm not even joking there. He would put heavy drapes on the windows. He put barbed wire around the house. He also got guard dogs for the house, not to protect the people inside the house from outsiders. No, these guard dogs were to stop Ronnie from being able to leave the house. And if Ronnie was ever allowed to leave the house, if she was ever gone for more than 20 minutes, Phil would phone his guards and basically go get them to bring her back. And then on the few occasions where Ronnie was allowed to leave the house, and I honestly cannot believe I'm saying this, like this just doesn't seem real. She had to leave the house. And when she was driving, she had to sit next to a life-size dummy Of Phil Spector, which Phil did buy for her, by the way, because no one would want to buy that for themselves. I haven't seen a picture of this dummy, so I don't know, but surely it's obvious that it's not Phil Spector and it's a dummy. So I don't really know what his logic was behind this. Phil also isolated Ronnie from all of her friends and family. She wasn't allowed to see them anymore. And all of this is literally just textbook manipulation and abuse. It's just so sad. It really does break my heart because Ronnie started to drink very heavily and abuse alcohol just so she was allowed to leave the house to attend AA meetings and I can't even imagine being in a situation where you want to go to an AA meeting just to get out of the house. Ronnie did try and leave Phil multiple times, but of course Phil was not going to make it easy for her, was he? He did have a number of manipulation tactics up his sleeve to keep Ronnie around. One time when Ronnie did tell Phil that she was going to get a divorce, um, again I can't believe I'm saying this, like this just doesn't seem true. Phil returned home one day and just turned up with a set of five-year-old twins that he had adopted. And Ronnie didn't know anything about this. They hadn't previously discussed adoption or anything like that. And Phil just went, here you go, here's some children for you to look after. Oh my god, it's just, it's horrible, isn't it? Because he only did this because he wanted to guilt trip Ronnie into staying to look after these children. I mean, he is literally just the worst, isn't he? Bringing innocent children into his manipulation and games, it's It's sick. He literally is the worst. And it doesn't end there. Another manipulation tactic that Phil did is that he bought this huge gold coffin and he would display this coffin as like a piece of art. And he would repeatedly tell Ronnie that if she ever screwed him over, that she would be put in that coffin. As well, Phil took all of Ronnie's shoes as well. She had no shoes so she couldn't run away. However, thank God one day Ronnie does manage to escape. And this was in 1972. She had been married to Phil for four years at this point and had gone through all of this abuse and had to go through it for four years. And she literally found her opportunity to leave and she took it. She went out of a side door. Her mom was waiting for her as well. They had arranged it together. And thankfully, Ronnie did manage to leave the house. And I know you're probably thinking like, what happened to the twins? And I don't know. They weren't at the house at this point, so I don't know what happened with the twins. So once Ronnie escapes, she is able to start divorce proceedings. But unfortunately, Ronnie didn't get much from the divorce settlement. And the reason that she didn't get much out of the divorce was that Phil threatened her that if she tried to take any of his money, he would hire a hitman and kill her. Now, I don't know about any of you, but I believe him. He is an erratic character. He's unpredictable. He's also an abuser and a bully. So I believe him. And you know what, I think Ronnie did as well. And she was just like, you know what, I don't care. I just need to get out of this marriage. And Ronnie had to give up the rights to her own music. And Phil just walked away with everything. But thankfully, Ronnie was able to turn things around and she actually did go on to have quite a few more successful songs without Phil Spector. And I just find this all so just weird. And to be honest, uncomfortable, because Be My Baby, like I said earlier on, I used to love that song when I was younger. Like, in my teenage years, I went through an obsession with Dirty Dancing. And I would listen to that soundtrack non-stop. And Be My Baby was one of my favourite songs. And I used to listen to it so much, dance around, sing it all the time. And honestly, it just makes me uncomfortable now, knowing that... Like, obviously, I didn't know when I was younger. But just knowing that Phil Spector was behind that song... And the way that he treated Ronnie, who was the singer obviously, um, it just makes me feel really uncomfortable, it just makes me sick to my stomach and it's not the first time I can think of quite a few artists, not just artists, definitely other people in other industries in the entertainment industry. I can think of so many instances when when you find out what the person is actually like and what they've done. Like, I just can't listen to their music anymore or watch films that they've been in or films that they've produced and stuff like that. It just makes me uncomfortable because I didn't know that until research in this case. I'm never going to hear that song the same ever again. And around the time that Phil's marriage to Ronnie is coming to an end... He is currently in a period of throwing himself into work, you know, he always flip-flops, he's a recluse, works a lot. Recluse works a lot while he's in this period right now working a lot. And it was around this time that Phil started to do a lot of work with the Beatles. And the Beatles were one of the bands that did sort out Phil Spector because they wanted his signature sound. And the Beatles actually flew Phil Spector out to England to work on the iconic album Let It Be. Yeah Phil Spector is still a pretty big deal even though he's an absolute dick, he's still a pretty big deal in the music industry. Phil also worked with John Lennon on some of his solo work as well. But like we've said multiple times, Phil is a bit of a difficult person to work with. And this was not all plain sailing for John Lennon. So Phil would often turn up to the studio drunk or high. Phil also had a very strange habit of wearing costumes to the studio as well, which is not really that much of a big deal out of everything that he's done. It's like... If you want to wear a costume, wear a costume, you know. But something that is not okay is that quite often Phil would bring guns into the studio with him as well. And one time when John Lennon and Phil were in the studio together, Phil just pulled out a gun and started waving it around. And he actually did do this quite often, like pulling out guns. It wasn't unusual, even though it should be unusual behavior, pulling out guns in a studio, but it wasn't unusual behavior. So when Phil did out the gun. I can imagine John Lennon was just like, "Oh god, here we go." But this time when Phil pulled out his gun, he actually fired a shot at John Lennon. Yeah, you heard that right. Uh, I can't believe this. Like some of the things that are in this case, it's just like, "What? Did this really happen?" But Phil fired a shot at John Lennon and it went like past his ear, so he didn't hit him. And John Lennon, understandably, goes crazy. And he starts shouting at Phil and he says, quote, Phil, if you're going to kill me, kill me. But don't fuck with my ears. I need them. So yeah, that's a little quote from John Lennon for you there. So like I said, it was actually kind of common for Phil to pull out guns on people. I think he liked to use them in a threatening way, like oh, look, I've got a gun, like, do what I want. You know what I mean? He was a bit of a bully, wasn't he? But it was unusual for him to actually shoot at people, but for whatever reason, John Lennon clearly angered him for whatever reason, probably absolutely nothing at all. I mean, maybe they had a little bit of an argument of Phil wanting to be first on the credits of the song, and... John Lennon was like, "Oh hell no!" And then after this crazy period of working with the Beatles, Phil goes back into his reclusive mode. And it's during this time in 1974 that Phil is in a pretty serious car accident. This took place in Hollywood, and in the car crash, he was thrown through the windscreen and sustained very serious injuries. Like, I'm not even joking there. When paramedics arrived at the scene, he was almost pronounced dead at the scene. Like, these are pretty serious injuries. They did find a faint pulse and he was taken to hospital. He had several hours of surgery. He also required 700 stitches to his face and the back of his head. He did recover, but, um, head injury. Not a good sign. After this car crash, Phil does pretty much disappear from public life. It's like he's in permanent recluse mode. And throughout the rest of the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, he barely works. He barely has any interaction with people. And it's not actually known what he did during this period. But what we do know is that in 1998, Phil bought himself a massive new home that he actually called the castle. Like it wasn't called the castle, but he bought it and he was like, you know what? This is a castle. This is my castle. I'm going to call it the castle. And this house was huge. It had 33 rooms in total. Only 11 of those rooms were bedrooms though. It's like, Phil, why do you need 11 bedrooms? That's the kind of money Phil Spector has, okay? And Phil isolated himself in the castle until he came back into the public eye in 2003 for all the wrong reasons. And it was in 2003 that Phil did meet a woman called Lana Clarkson and this is why Phil entered back into the public eye, because Lana Clarkson was found dead inside Phil's home. Lana Clarkson was born on the 5th of April, 1962. And in her late teens, she did start to pursue a career in acting and also modeling. And throughout the eighties, she had numerous roles in TV shows. She also appeared in quite a few movies in supporting roles. And although she wasn't like an A-list celebrity, uh, we're gonna get onto all of this later on in the video. But even though she didn't have the big break that some people made out, she was really successful and that should be never taken away from her. She also starred in a number of sci-fi films in the 80s and she became a favourite at comic book conventions. She would spend a lot of time with her fans signing autographs. She also dedicated a lot of her time to volunteer work where she would support those with HIV and AIDS by delivering food to them. And this was in the 80s where there was a hell of a lot of fear around HIV and AIDS. But Lana dedicated a lot of her time publicly to help those affected. And as Lana did enter her 30s it did become harder for her to find work. And it was in two 2003 that she did take a part-time job as a hostess at the House of Blues in West Hollywood. And unfortunately it was this job where she met Phil Spector. So when Lana met Phil Spector she was waiting on his table. and She was told like, that's Phil Spector. He's very important, like treat him well. So Lana spent the whole evening waiting on Phil Spector's table. And then at around 2.30 a.m. when Lana's shift did end, it can be seen on CCTV, Lana and Phil both leaving the House of Blues and getting into a car together. And I don't know the exact reason why Lana left with Phil that night. No one can really know because it was only Lana and Phil there. But I have seen some sources speculate that because of who Phil Spector was and his connections in the entertainment industry, and Phil told Lana about who he was and all of his connections and how he could network and how he could help Lana get back into the entertainment industry. But this is just speculation, obviously. No one can really know why Lana left with Phil that night. So Lana and Phil get into Phil's car and Phil's driver takes them back to the castle. And when they arrive at the castle, Lana tells the driver I'm only staying for one drink, basically telling the driver, like, I'm not going to be too long. Wait there and take me home after. So Lana and Phil are in the house for about an hour. The driver is still waiting outside. And then as the driver is just waiting outside, he suddenly hears a gunshot and the gunshot has come from inside the castle. And not too long after, Phil comes running out to the driver and says, I think I just shot her. And of course, the driver immediately phones 911. Hi, it's, uh, my name is Adriano. I, I think my boss killed somebody. Please, can, can you send me a-, a, a You think a your guy? boss killed somebody? Yes, sir. yes. Because no. I'm a driver, I'm waiting outside and I don't know what. And why do you believe he may have killed somebody? Because you you have a lady on, on the floor and he has a gun in his hand. Okay, stay on the line. Do not hang up. So the police arrive quite quickly. They go into the castle and they find Lana's body in one of the chairs in the house. She has a single gunshot wound to the mouth and she is very sadly pronounced dead at the scene. Phil starts telling the police that Lana actually shot herself. And that he had nothing to do with it. When he was telling the police this, he was stumbling around. So he was clearly drunk. I don't know. Maybe he was high. I don't know. But obviously Phil told the driver that he thinks that he shot her. And obviously the driver did tell the 911 caller that as well. So the police are like, um, why are you changing your story? So the police do arrest Phil, but Phil continues to defend himself. He continues to say that he had nothing to do with it, and he actually—oh my god, this infuriates me! He actually has the nerve to be angry about this. He starts saying like, "How dare she shoot herself in my home?" Absolute <laughs> <laughs> problem is if you still have me right to come to my you'll have and say you're a What the f*** <laughs> is wrong with these <laughs> people? <laughs> I need to come out and run it like my house and cry down like a <laughs> f***ing and you know, have somebody dying there and you know, and I'm gonna kill the f*** out of everybody and somebody commit... It's like, I mean, that's not true anyway, but it's like, oh my God, the nerve that this man has. So Phil is charged with the murder of Lana Clarkson. But as usual, because Phil has a lot of money, he was able to bail himself out. His bail was set at $1 million. And of course he had the money to cover it, didn't he? And he's allowed to just carry on living his life in his castle doing whatever he wants. So Phil is in his castle awaiting trial and it takes four years for the trial to happen. And Phil's life in those four years carried on as they normally did. He was always kind of a recluse anyway and he carried on like this. But he even carried on producing music. Why? Why was he allowed to do that? He even started to make videos and put them on philspector.com, his own website, to plead his innocence. And they're just very weird. They're just, I don't know. They're, They're weird. I did not have anything to do with her death. She may have accidentally taken her own life. She may have purposely taken her own life. She may have been eating the gun with her dancing. She may have been doing anything. I don't know why, when, how, or where, in what circumstance she may have taken her own life. So when the trial finally happened, of course it gained a lot of media attention. As most trials involving celebrities do, But Phil definitely tried his hardest to make it more of a spectacle than it had to be. The trial was actually shown live on TV every day. And Phil obviously knew this. And every single day he dressed in very extravagant outfits. And each day he wore a different wig. Remember that Phil was in that car accident? Um, Ever since that car accident Phil has worn wigs. I don't know if the accident, the stitches, the injury affected his hair growth in whatever way, but since that accident he did wear wigs. It's like if you google Phil Spector, loads of images come up of the trial and he looks like a completely different person in all of these images. He changes up his image so much. He was in the spotlight. This was his stage and he definitely took this opportunity to be like, this is the Phil Spector show. And eventually the judge did have to say to Phil, you're going to need to pick one wig because the whole thing had just become a joke. The whole thing had just become about Phil Spector and what his hair was going to look like that day and what his outfit was when it should have been about the murder of Lana Clarkson. I'm Vinnie Politan, Thanks so much for joining us tonight. You know, never has there ever been a defendant on trial for murder where everyone's attention was not so much on the crime, but on his hair. And at trial, Phil's defense did stick with the same story that Lana had taken her own life. And this really infuriates me, but they tried to make out that Lana was really depressed because she was a washed up celebrity. They said that she had nothing going for her life. And because of this, because she was a washed up celebrity, this is why she decided to take her own life in Phil Spector's home. And don't worry, we're going to revisit how ridiculous that is in a minute. And of course, another common trait of celebrity trials is that they throw a hell of a lot of money at their defense team. Phil spent a total of 10 million dollars hiring all of these expensive lawyers. And some of them were even the same defense lawyers that OJ Simpson had, such as Robert Shapiro and Michael Barden. That was the defense, and the prosecution tried to paint out the erratic volatile and aggressive behavior of Phil. They obviously talked about the fact that he would often pull out guns on people, threaten them. And the prosecution also did bring out Ronnie as a character witness as well. Because obviously if anyone knows what he's really like it's going to be Ronnie. Prosecution also had pretty convincing physical evidence and this mostly came from the blood spatter. They found blood on an item of clothing that did belong to Phil and the blood, like the way it was on the jacket, I think it had been cleaned suspicious and the way that the blood was on this item of clothing it could have only come from if Phil was the one that shot the gun. Also they analyzed the blood spatter on Lana and they demonstrated how the blood spatter would have only been possible if Phil was the one that shot Lana not if she had shot herself. It was also found that the gun had been wiped and there were no fingerprints on the gun. Which I'm sorry, that tells me everything. It's like why would Phil wipe down a gun if Lana truly had shot herself? Doesn't make sense does it Phil? The prosecution also bring the driver that was waiting outside that did hear the gunshot and was also witness to Phil running outside to him and saying, I think I shot her. Also when Lana's body was found by police at the scene, Lana did have her handbag over her shoulder. And the fact that she had her handbag on, ready to leave, meant that she was leaving. Why would she put her bag on, go to leave, and then shoot herself. It's also why would Lana use Phil's gun to shoot herself? How would she even know he had a gun? How would she know where he kept it? I mean, obviously, it could be possible that Phil took his gun out and started waving it around and threatening her, and that's how she knew, but yeah that that's a stretch. But more than anything, I mean, the defense literally have no evidence to prove that Lana shot herself. But it just doesn't make sense. Lana had never met Phil before this night. Why would she go back to his home, spend an hour there, and then decide to shoot herself in a stranger's home. Why would she do that? Like, that doesn't make sense. Why why would she do that? All of Lana's friends and family said that she was not suffering from depression, she was not suicidal and she would not do this. There were some friends of Lana that did claim that she was suicidal and that she was depressed over her career. But uh, (laughs) it's no surprise that these were character witnesses for the defense. So it's like, yeah, you're not Lana's friends, because if you were Lana's friends, you wouldn't be in support of the defense, would you? There's just so much evidence to point to the fact that Phil is guilty of this murder. However, the jury couldn't bloody decide, could they? The jury couldn't come to a majority. And one of the jurors said that they weren't 100% sure that the prosecution had enough evidence to prove that Phil had killed Lana. I mean, I suppose I will agree with you there. I suppose in this case, you could say that there's not 100% evidence to suggest that, that Phil killed Lana. Maybe only 99 Um, So, mm, I suppose if 99% is not enough, it's not enough, is it? So the jury was hung and a mistrial was declared. So, round two. The next trial is about a year after the first trial ended. This time, thankfully, it wasn't shown on TV. I think they didn't want Phil to have the Phil Spector show again. And thankfully, Phil Spector was found guilty This time, as he should have been a bloody year ago. And on the 29th of May 2009, Phil Spector was given 19 years to life in prison. And whilst Phil was in prison, his health was deteriorating gradually. And then on the 16th of January this year, 2021, Phil Spector did die after suffering complications due to COVID. And when he died earlier this year, he did reappear a lot in the news, obviously to report his death, but also to Reflect on the life of Phil Spector. And I've got to say, the media coverage, because I did watch quite a few clips when I was doing my research for this video, it made me feel so uncomfortable. A lot of the coverage seemed to celebrate his life and celebrate all of his achievements and the impact that he had on the music industry. It was like he was just any other celebrity who has died. In a lot of the media coverage of his death, they did mention the murder of Lana Clarkson, but they just seemed to gloss over the fact that he murdered somebody. It was basically like, oh, Phil Spector, so great, so talented. Look what he did for the music industry. Worked with this, 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 and this. Oh, and he did kill somebody. Oh, but he's such a great person. That's kind of like what it felt like to me. And it just made me feel so uncomfortable. He racked up 20 top 40 singles between 1961 and 65, and later worked with the Beatles on their final album. And then John Lennon and George Harrison on solo projects. His pioneering wall of sound technique saw him layer several instruments to give an orchestral feel to a song. It transformed pop music. You can't just say that Phil Spector was a great record producer, which he was, or you just can't say he was a killer, which he was, so let's ignore his previous work. We have to be able to hold more than one thought in our head at the same time. Also, I watched a couple that said he was married to Ronnie from the Ronettes, but they didn't mention anything about the abuse that he put her through. And something that I just couldn't find out, uh, there's only speculation, but why the hell did he kill Lana in the first place? I know he was a bully, I know he was a narcissist, I know he was a bad person, and I know he threw people with guns before but why Lana? Like, what did she do? Like, Phil barely even knew her. I mean, I did see some speculation that it all leads back to his head injury, but it's like, that was a while before he killed Lana. And as far as we know, he only killed Lana, I mean, You never know. And my thoughts truly are with Lana's friends and family. I can't even imagine what they were put through. It was absolutely disgusting what the media and also Phil's defense team did to Lana's name. And just trying to paint Lana in a way that was completely untrue, uncalled for, and quite frankly, irrelevant. Thankfully, justice was served in this case, which can't always be said, can it? If you have money and power. So that was the case of Phil Spector and oh my god that was an infuriating one. To think that Lana lost her life all because of Phil Spector's ego. And there is actually one small update to tell you all about this week's case, which is that earlier this year, on the 12th of January, Ronnie Spector sadly passed away. She passed away from cancer at the age of 78. And when I saw her death being covered on the news earlier this year, I was so shocked. I was so sad. But it was really nice to see all the tributes coming in for Ronnie that she was being remembered for more than just being the ex-wife of Phil Spector and she was being celebrated as a talented individual in her own right. So I just wanted to share that really sad update with you guys and that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much everyone for listening today. Subscribe or follow to make sure you never miss an episode of The Criminal Makeup and if you love the show it would mean a lot if you could leave a five-star review. In the meantime if you've been affected by any of the themes in this episode please take the time to look at the description for this episode for some helpful resources. Special thanks to my producers at Audio Boom Studios and I'll see you all in the next one.